But I don't remember any porn, fella. <laughs> We're recording now. I love, I love just oh, throwing. I love pressing record. <laughs> um, so before we start, right? Should we start the swear jar this week? Yeah, defo. I'm on that. What you think? Tank, we're both looking at you here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Got to be a maximum limit, though. Like, what are we? What are, so? C bombs. <laughs> yeah, a penny. Solid strategy. C bombs. Uh, uh, Ten C- bitcoin. Ten bitcoin. Yeah. That's a lot. That Jimmy Nunn's back up to twenty-two k. You've got it, lad. Uh, lads, how are you? Tank, you're good, mate. Yeah, good, mate. Good. Good week. Um, well, last year, fucking gonna be honest with you, lads. Right, our Jack's got into my head a little bit, and um, oh, what's he said, lad? He said to me, he keeps coming on about who the fuck has a quiff. And, yeah, there's another swear word. Who has a quiff? You actually, what? it's been two already. You know, you did kind of <laughs> let a little one go. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> 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 you can't play this game. <laughs> he got into my head a bit, lads, right? And he's going, he, like, I'll have a go with him, we'll have toy fights. And his answer is, you've got a quiff, it's 2022, I know it's 2023. So, to be honest, lads, I went to Barbage and I said, get rid of this fucking quiff. Why are you not feeling the quiff? Was it was It was more a side. A side. But, lads, nah, I don't really know what's going on. It's just like... Have you styled that there, mate? Or mate, that, it... that's bad, that. No, I've just got out of the shower. You paid for that? <laughs> you paid for that haircut? Do you mean, honestly, anyone else had accepted a bit of criticism? <laughs> well, not you, mate. <laughs> yeah, got him. Got him. And uh, it doesn't that... help the fact that Millie's just come on from university. And I went, you're right, love, me and Chalam are just having a bit of scrambled egg on toast and that, and Millie come in and just went straight away went, Dad, what's going on with your hair? Oh no! Now you've got a complex. I'll be honest, mate. Now it looks like you've um, you look like Rakitic. If you look at Rakitic, he's been for the out transplant, and then you look like that. It looks like fake hair now, where he didn't before. I think he looked good, lad. I actually like the quiff. I don't. I don't. I think you should rock the. I, I, like I, I think the problem with the quiff is he was just swooped over. Job's done. Yeah. Now I'm like I'm finding them spending more time on me. I've Eighteen year old, mate. This, uh, to be fair, though, what I would say is, you know, we'll make you into a metrosexual man. You know, I was there. I was there getting me face treatments. I <laughs> sent you lads a picture yesterday from because my mum's been over this weekend. And there's a photo from the dinner. Be honest now. I'm going to ask this. I'm going to ask this one to Tank to start. Cause I think Jim's Internet is a little bit uh, robotic there. So while that passes, I'll come to Tank. Be honest, mate. My skin looked all right on that photo. I'll Go be on, honest with you, mate. I've not looked at you that far to notice your skin. It's like, there's Jamie there. Oh, let's have a look at her skin. That's not, you know, I'm like a dinosaur, mate. Like, it's, I've told you, lads, I, I don't get spots on my whole Boxing. face cleanser is my whole soiled bath water swilling my face. So you're asking me to be the wrong person for skin. But you do look polished, mate. You look shiny. Thanks. That's it. That'll do for me. Polished and yeah. shiny. I, I will take that. The, the, the fear I have, Jim, and I'm hoping you, when you start speaking now, you don't sound like a robot, right? Jimbo, when he comes for pints with us in Dublin, because there's a plan, there's a plan of hatching now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tank, we are going for pints yeah. in Dublin. There is going to be a live podcast. It's not going to happen. This is worse than our group chat. Like, Don't start getting moody now about arranging things. No, you, you, he gets he gets he gets in a mood because he doesn't get to see the lads and he's trying to arrange stuff. This I do I get in a mood. Happen. It does my head in like it's not odd, is it? To organise a night out, not odd. I'm ready. 27th of February that weekend. I'm, I've already had the pass. Oh, have you got a date? He's got a date. Yeah, I've just been sorting. Of Chad has come on from work, and the 27th, the weekend, the 27th. She it was actually she said to me, "Well, that's not a weekend. That's the Sunday. So is it the 26th? It'll be that weekend. Yeah." Yeah, so I'm on. I'm I'm there. So that's it's up to you, Nam. Yeah. So the the Friday the twenty fourth, Saturday the twenty fifth, Sunday yeah, the twenty sixth. That's the weekend. But I'm good for that weekend. What about you, Jimbo? Thank well, he's got to be. I gave you my weekends. <laughs> I gave you my weekends, lad. Now I'm free. Okay, right. It's on. It's on. I will be in Dublin at that weekend because I live here. So that will work out great. Uh, football, lads. So. Um, there's loads of directions that we could go with this one. And I know Tank wants to talk about Marcus Rashford, but we're going to we're gonna just hold the Rashford chat just, just for a minute. Um, 
because there's only really one place that we can start. And I'm going to start with you, Tank, because you have been very, very vocal. Uh, <clears throat> it, it turns out you may have been right again with your Frank Lampard shouts. Uh, Everton have, have finally made the decision to sack Frank Lampard. My initial reaction would be it probably should have happened a little bit sooner. They put themselves in a, in a difficult situation, but it's now got to that point where they need somebody to come in and save them. So what's your reaction to the news? My reaction is that the, they've agreed to sack him, but they haven't sacked him yet. And a little snippet told me that they haven't sacked him because of the amount it's going to cost to sack him and all of his staff. So is it not official yet? It's not official. It's not official. What is official is they've come out and he had squared up with um, Decore, is his name, the midfielder yep. we designed. He's been well a big bust up at Lampard in the change room with I'd him. Pick and someone smaller, wouldn't you? Yeah. I think he's gone for Lampard, to be honest, Jimmy. <laughs> I think he's gone in for Lampard. But from what I got told this morning, right. is the, it, it's been agreed the board have actually fucking finally come together and agreed to sack him. But there's problems with the amounts what is needed to fund to sack him. Wow. But here's one for you, though, lads, on a serious note. If you're a manager now, even the likes of Sean Dyson now, or if you're a manager with ambition, you don't want that job. That is not a good job. That is a really, really bad job. The fans have gone. And I mean, I've got good friends who are fans. It's poisonous. When you've got fans chasing players down the street in the cars, like fucking fronting players up, getting directors in headlocks. There's all kinds of fucking marches and protests. What manager in the right mind will go, that's a great job, that. I'll go for that. No money. The chairman doesn't want the club, doesn't want to be there. He's come out and said, it's not my decision to sack the manager. Whose is it? It do look an outsider looking in. It does seem a bit of a mess. And I was surprised by those comments um, uh, from Mashiri. Um, and, and Ken Wright, because, look, they're, they're not in a great position and it's not like they're going to say yes or no there and then, but just it seemed like how many people can kick a can down a road? It just doesn't seem, there just seems like a lack of direction. And it was actually my cousin Ray had sent in a message during the week, in particular for you, Tank, because you'd obviously spoken at length about Sean Dyche and he wanted to know what you think that Sean Dyche would potentially bring to, to an Everton role. But I think you're right. There's genuine questions that need to be asked for for. Why would you want to go into Everton at the moment? Because it, there doesn't seem a clear plan. It's an unhappy stadium. Are the issues with the board in terms of the fans being unhappy with the board? They're not going to clear up if they bring in a new manager because they're still going to be pissed off at the board. So if you're if you're Sean Dice Tank, are you saying you wouldn't take the job? No, why would you take that job at the minute? And seriously, not just Sean Dice, but anyone looking at it. The, the, the fans have got a massive... It doesn't, as you've just said there, Jamie, it doesn't matter who comes in as the manager. The fans... I mean, let's get it right. The fans hounded previous managers out as well. You know, Rafa Benitez done an unbelievable job there on an absolute shoestring, was only allowed to bring loan players in. And then they give Lampard money, they sacked him because the fans didn't want him. So the board listened to the fans again. In my opinion, the fans are kind of running that club. It's like, you know, whatever, the amount of pressure they put on Bill Kenwright and the, the owner, that happens. You can't you can't run a business or a club like that. You know, if you're a manager, in my opinion, mate, you anyone worth a salt does not go near that club. Fucking absolutely no chance. It's poisonous. And you, it's not as if you've got a board of directors who said, we're going to give you money. The chairman does not want the club. He wants out of the club. He's come out public and said, I've spent half a billion on this club. They've got a stadium half finished. I don't see them getting out of trouble anyway, regardless. Regardless if they had 200 million to spend. That's the other thing as well, Jamie. We're talking about a manager. What players going to want to go to Everton? In the right mind, what players going to want to go there? Well, I was I was looking because me I've had my mum and, and my stepdad over and my stepdad's an Everton fan. So I was talking to him about it the weekend and we were talking about Lampard. And you're looking at clubs that are above Everton in the league at the moment. But now it might not be by much, but they're above Everton at the moment. And you're talking about Lampard. Has he been able to get a tune out of these players? And there's still, I've still seen it, Jim. You know, there's been narratives going around that it's, you know, it's not on Lampard. This, it's, it's up again. There's clubs like Bournemouth that are above Everton at the moment. They don't have, they don't have a better squad than Everton. You know, you look at the likes, and, and we're going to come on to Brighton in a bit because I'm just so impressed with everything that Brighton do. You know, from their recruitment, and and I think it was a startling 
it was an eye-opener for Everton fans when Brighton came to Goodison a few weeks back and absolutely pulled their pants down because there's no way that Everton, with smart recruitment and the right type of people in at the club, should not be up where the likes of a Brighton are, you know, fighting for European places. But ultimately, Jim, it does look like... And I have to say, I, I nearly felt sorry for Lampard. There was a video of him yeah. talking to a fan and he, he genuinely looked like he was on the verge of tears. He looked terrified. I he genuinely looked terrified, terrified I think I think that's a disdain from the fans. And this is why, although Lampard should be sacked and he, sh- and he needs to go, it's the, the book doesn't really stop with him. Um, and actually, I don't think, because of that, I don't think it'll do his reputation uh, any harm, if I'm being honest. I think he'll get another job. Do you job, think he but... comes out of this with a, a nearly like a free pass? Not a free pass. I think it, it gives him a little dent, but not as big as it it could have done because of the mess it is the Everton board level downwards. So, you know, the recruitment policies from started when Mashiri first came in and they made the signings of Sigurdsson, David Class, they signed about eight number 10s, didn't they? And that's where the recruitment drive uh, started to falter. And oh, then I remember since... that was that was when Everton won the transfer window. Do you remember yeah, they've spent like, they bought Sigurdsson for 50 million. Obviously, Classen was expensive at 30 odd million. Sorry to um, interrupt you, Jimmy. Where is Sigurdsson? I know there was rumours that he was... Uh, oh, Jesus, let's, right, not get right, ten... right. let's not go down <laughs> that route. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's, he's, he's allegedly tied up. Anyway, lads, just just keep moving, Jim. Keep moving. Yeah, keep moving. Playing the nation. Sidestep that one. So yeah, obviously they they had that that uh, recruitment drive from that point of view uh, at that point, and I don't think it's ever got any better to this season of Dwight McNeil. Um, you know, Damari Gray was a lot of places and seems to find a home at Everton. He's, I find him just so wasteful. Everton had about 85. I watched the game on Saturday. had about 85 corners. I don't think he hit, found one of their players once. Um, so I think from recruitment downwards, and I don't know what involvement Lampard would have had in them. I don't know. I assume some, but maybe not not enough. Um so yeah, that's why I think he comes out with it with a you know his 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 uh, reputation somewhat intact. I think I think. Can I be, people... I'm going to say, Jim. Sorry, mate. Can I be honest? I don't get. I feel like he gets loads of free passes. No, and this is I my d- point. So so again, he's he's yes, you're right. So Derby went. He did all right. Got loads of loans from Chelsea. I agree with you on that. He had a big budget, decent players, and he did all right. He went to Chelsea, transfer embargo. So he had to bring all the players in. Another free pass he got through. He's gone to Everton. and it, I'm not saying it hasn't dented his, his reputation in any way, shape or form, because it has. But I don't think it's as bad as, oh, he's never going to get another job. I think he'll still get another job. One, because he's Frank Lampard and what he's done. And two, he can always fall back on, well, was this at board? These, I had these players signed for me. And, you know, what's that come out in the in the coming weeks? So, but would I want him at my club? Probably not, no. The weird thing is, Tank, I'm looking at this and there's so many different clubs at play when I say this. And it kind of annoys me in a way that the way of modern football is, as fans, we now become financial experts and we have, we know about the inner workings of the club. I kind of miss the days in a way where it was like we just spoke about the footy. But if you're looking at just the actual footy bit, because that's the bit that I really like, but you're looking at the likes of a Brighton, I said it before, well-oiled machine from top to bottom. You're looking at Manchester United who, you know, for their resurgence on the pitch, if you want to call it that, we'll come to that in a minute. There's still massive issues with the, between the fans and the ownership. Liverpool, for all their success in recent years, Liverpool have stagnated. And there's articles coming out in The Athletic now that it's it's sell to buy and they won't get Jude and all. It's, it's, all, it's all very downbeat. And Liverpool fans, you know, in, in a lot of cases are not happy with their ownership and want more investments. Has it ever been a worse time to be an investor or an owner of a football club? Because I actually, all fan bases seem to be upset at the moment. And it's just throw money at it, throw money at it, throw money at it. And if you look at the recruitment of the likes of Manchester United in recent years, if you look at Everton, Chelsea have spent a shitload of money now. I know they're buying young players, but still you look at the, the position they are in the table. It hasn't solved much for them. So 
I just don't know what a football fans want and B you'd have to be a lunatic to get into football as a, as an owner at this stage. I think the problem with the, with like football at the minute is um, we're, we're one of the problems because it's scrutinized podcast, social media, and gives everybody a voice in the world. Now, you know, as a, you've got to be mad to be a football owner anyway. You, you know, you, you genuinely have. But I was having a bit of a tit for tat. I mean, I stopped Man United. Not like, not like not you, mate. Man United. Is that a swear football. jar, anyway? No, we said that. Did he swear that? Oh. Never... <laughs> tit, he said tit, didn't he? That, that's, that's a... Tit's okay. That's a 20p. Part of the body, that. 20p. <laughs> it's a part of the body. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's that's good. I, just, I watched him, the Man United podcast. He's the biggest sausage I've ever come across in my life. Hey, that Goldbridge. That's him, yeah. One, yeah. he's a Nuts Forest fan. He's from Nottingham. And all of a sudden, he's got this massive podcast about Man United. I looked at his tweets yesterday, and I actually tweeted back, and it's comical. It's comical. He's, he's basically, his tweet was, this is on the Glazers, this defeat. Jeez. They haven't backed the manager in this window. Now, it's I had to tweet and just went, are you the most deluded person ever? You spent 250 million in the summer. They backed the manager to the hilt. And I'll be honest with you, lads. Ten Hags, Simons, the shit. The shit. That Anthony's one of the worst footballers I've ever come across. I'll fucking flick a leg over. Jimmy's well classed him off during the, uh, when he signed him, by the way. He's awful. The left-back he signed is fucking bang average. He's young, The centre-half is actually yeah. doing all right, to be fair, so I'll give him a pass. Casemiro, anyone could have signed him. He's just an unbelievable player. But they give him a 15-year contract at 32 years of age on half a million pounds a week. So that's not exactly a great sign. And then they've signed this kid on loan from Burnley. They're Man United. So if I'm, if I'm a Man United fan, I'd be sitting there and saying, but we spent 250 million on shit, basically. Maybe the recruitment should have been a bit better. I mean, you look at that, Anthony. That young Argentinian winger who Man U's got is better than him. A lot better than him. His product's better, his delivery's better, his, everything's better than Anthony. So this this comes back to my point before, where it's turning into a transfer podcast, but it is something that interests me, right? Because remember a couple of, probably a few months back, we put up a graphic of the top 10 signings in the Premier League. They were all, bar one or two, they were all stumped the gaff out. They were rubbish. You know, so rubbish. you're looking at United there, and I think, you know, having spoken to a lot of Man United fans, uh, people who listen to this podcast, good friends of mine whose opinions I respect who are Manchester United fans, they talk about the structures of the club needing to change. And to be fair to Ten Hag, he's come out and said, haven't they got like a Ronaldo tax now? So that he's trying to put structures in place where they can't look to replicate the type of deals that have put them uh, in the shit in the past. So I'm thinking like Alex, uh, what's his name? Alexis Sanchez. Sanchez. You know, he yeah. came in and, and changed everything. Then it's that ripple effect of people knocking on the door and demanding more money and, He's shit and he's on so much money. I want parity. So I think there definitely has to be changes. But you're looking at these, I don't want to call them lower clubs now, but they're, they're operating so smart. Look at Brentford. Brentford are brilliant in everything that they do. You know, you look into how they, they manage the club behind the scenes, um, how they leverage data. Um, it was nearly like what Liverpool were. Liverpool built their success on data, trying to box clever. Liverpool couldn't compete with the cities and these the clubs with all the money, so they had to do something different. Whereas you look at these clubs that are just throwing money at it, it doesn't seem to work, Jim. No, and uh, we, as you said, I can't think of any of the top 20 signings other than one or two. And we specifically spoke about Chelsea with... Um, their top 10 signings. And I think you could have only really put Jorginho in that bracket of being a success. So if you went through each club's top 10 signings, how many of them would actually be classified as a success? Just thinking out loud there. Yeah, I thought Anthony's a good, Anthony was a good player in Holland, right? Decent, did well, uh, got into the Brazil squad and was, and was um, seemingly looked to push on. Is there something about the Premier League that, it's just too it's too tough it's too hard for these players that when they're coming from a, a, a the the dutch league or um you know syria at or wherever it comes from 
is the Premier League too good for these players? And there's got to be something in that that, you know, the players that seemingly do well are the ones that go under the radar that probably have a bit more time to bed in, get used to the speed. Less eyes. The time. Less eyes, you know, like Casado from Brighton or, you know, these these signings that, you know, Kante. Kante was half a million that they bought him for. Or, or I think it was he originally signed for half a million and I think that's the signing for three or four million. But um, these are the signings, I think, that go under. I, I think somewhere along the lines, someone in the Premier League has got to go, Enough unless they're <laughs> absolutely world-class, why are we spending... 80 90 million on a player. Well, he are tank. Remember, we uh, we got dead mad because the Daily Mail did that article there uh, a couple of weeks ago and they did hit or miss. Yeah. Give us a hit or miss on the top 10. I've got I've just pulled them up there, right? Oh. So, Jack Grealish, 100 million, miss oh. Romelu Lukaku, 97.5 million, miss Paul Pogbed, 93.2 million. Jory out, Jory out on Pogbed, yeah. For United, though, not as a whole. Do you mean for United? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for United. Jury out. Okay. Um, Lukaku again. Jesus. 90 million. Miss. Um, I, I have to say now, we can't. it's too early to tell. So, Mudrick, you know, the lad who's just gone to Chelsea, he looked absolutely mustard. We'll come I'll, 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 I'll already give him a hit because you've seen enough from him to go, fuck. He's got it. Yeah, play he's against got it. Him, so, I'm already giving him a hit. Uh, Anthony, 82.2 million. <laughs> Fucking hell. Hit, lad. 14 <laughs> misses. It's like <laughs> minus 52 misses. He's shit. Harry, Harry Maguire, 80. Jory out. Van Dyke, 75. Hit. Sancho, 73. You know, that's a... the duff tip. Yeah, and He's then a... uh, here's the one, the perfect one to finish. Nicholas Pepe, 72 mm. million. Like, that's a bad list, lads. That's what I'm saying. That's what, as I said to you. Even if you go to like, until you get to like 35 million, like, and these were at the time big signings, but you've got like Drogba in there, SCN, and they're the type of players you're paying for 35 million. But look at the type of players they are hard working, put grafting, you know, someone who's willing to put it about. Diego Costa's in that list somewhere around 35 million. Someone who's willing to put the graft in, work it, put it in. So they're the type of players that surely you think, if you look through the, if I'm any fucking director of football, I look at that and go, I did see it. I'm looking at that going, right, I'm not buying players of this ilk because this is what I'm obviously going to get. And you might miss out on a couple, but you'll certainly hit more than you will do, than you will do miss. So Tank, football. Arsenal versus United, big game of the weekend. Uh, I, I suppose there's, there's there's lots of talking points that have have come out of it, but you have to say and look, we in recent years watched Liverpool perfect this art, finding a way to win, never look like they beat. You know, one of the most telling things for me when United scored early was the reaction of the Arsenal players and the uh, the reaction of the Arsenal fans. They are together in a way that is special. Tough to tough to get, and you've I've seen it with Liverpool. You know, once you get that sort of momentum and the wheels are, are, are spinning, like they they all believe they know that they're onto something. It's a huge huge win for Arsenal. It is this this is the thing where I put why I think they're going to win the league, and I've been saying it for a long long time now because momentum in football is one of the most powerful things you can have. You know, if you have got your form, your momentum. But the thing what Arteta's done. Is something similar to what Klopp done at Liverpool. He's turned all of them Arsenal fans from like disbelievers into believers. That stadium was ba- Arsenal went one 0 down, and that stadium was absolutely bouncing. And honestly, that I was watching it even in the in, like the eighty fifth minute, and I was saying to our Jack, they score Arsenal. They absolutely pummeled Man United for the last thirty minutes of that second half. It was like the alley bomb. Man United were hanging on, and I've got to say as well, boys, the fucking some side to watch. Arsenal are some side to watch, you know, and they're all young, they're hungry. Trossard, come on, thought he made a massive he difference. Right, he looked yeah. good, yeah. He, he did. Good. I mean, you look at it that now, and then it's another win for Arteta. He's gone, I ain't paying 85 million for him. 
go to Chelsea, do what you don't, and they just swooped him in and he, he just seemed to fit into the way Arsenal. I think they're the real deal and I, I think they're going to be a problem for everyone going forward in the next five years because they're such a young squad. And if the transfer business, what they've done in the last two years is, is repeated, they're, they're going to be there, they're about every season. I think the thing that's impressed me the most, Jim, and we're going to talk to uh, about Arteta in, in a couple of ways, but just tactically, he, Arsenal plays so fluid with such energy. It, it, it nearly feels sometimes, and I don't want to talk about Liverpool in the past, but it used Liverpool used to swarm teams and feel like they had an extra man. And at times it looks like Arsenal have an extra man on the pitch. They 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 use the space so well. They're young, as Tank said, they're hungry. The intensity is very high. You can see that the manager is very intense. He's, he's driving the, the team on from the touchline. This is another marker for Arsenal because you know, you're looking at City and you know they were up against it against Spurs. You know, people and including me on the social media were writing the obituaries to City. And whilst I don't think that they're the same team, you know, they don't look like a, a happy camp or the most fluid camp compared to what they were in the past. City found a way to get that result, and that could knock Arsenal. You know, put a little bit of pressure on them, especially in a game like United. But they again, they found a way to get the win and, and keep the wheels yeah. spinning. Yeah, it was a, you know, as you say, they they've built a, a camp that is based on on young, vibrant players and the apparent uh, freedom to flourish, uh, which is is doing a, a doing them a, a world of good. But from Let's have it right. Arsenal are benefiting from other people's successes here. Because Arsenal have been awful for the last four or five years, right? Not you think in the they get a handy league. number? You said it last week. You, you think they get a bit of a handy number in the... Yeah. It doesn't feel like the big boys are rolling in. It's not no. the cup final that if City roll in, you think but Arsenal brought, just come under the radar. I think they come under the radar, but they've brought in players that are young and fresh, right? So, you know, that's, that's great business. But as a team, they're not focusing on other things they're not bothered about the Europa League so I when they play the Europa League I've not I've not really been paying attention but I assume they make six or seven changes to that they've got a decent enough squad look at Enketia coming in uh doing well have you seen his stats by the way have you seen his stats mate I nearly put him in my fantasy team I literally had him in there yes I thought oh he won't score against Arsenal do you know know he reminds me of a bit um, his movement is a bit Ian Wright-esque. Ian Wright, he's, yeah. yeah he's, he's really, he's really smart that. in the pocket, off the shoulder, yeah. clever little movements. He's doing well. Yeah, so you got so you got them, and but they're 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 benefiting from not having other things to concentrate on, or or not at this moment in time, but previously not having things to concentrate on. So it'd be very interesting to see that how they transition from one to two games a week in the Premier League with the odd Europa League thrown in to Champions League Tuesday, Premier League Thursday, Friday, whatever, Saturday. And and we interest to see how that squad evolves around that. Um, but they're buying decent players. That Trossard, what, what did they pay? 27 million. 20-odd million. I thought it was 25. So in and around there, great sign. And this is why, again, back to transfers, why people don't buy tried and tested in the Premier League because you know you know that they're used to the pace of it. Um, so yeah, fair play to them. Great game yesterday. Came back and and you know came from uh, uh, well from behind to start with, but from drawing positions. But United looked petrified. And to be fair, I think that result doesn't go that way if Casemiro plays. I think he's he's got the nous to to shore up that game because if on the last goal, have a look at Fred's position and he's miles off. Um, Anyone, he's, he's you can't say Casemiro stops United getting United. They, I they think he stopped him getting beat. I do, I genuinely do. I think he obliterated, mate. It was like it was just it was like one of them games, training games where you do defense versus attack. Casemiro makes no difference to that result. I think at 2 2 he keeps goal. the ball better. I think he keeps the ball better at 2 2 to be able to try and um, reduce the amount of attack onto United. If you look to the last 10 minutes. 
Yeah, Anthony, oh my God, he had the ball down on the right-hand side. He could have just played a simple pass. He tried to play it up the line and it just literally got blocked and, and they were back onto them. So I just think he has a little bit more now. I, I would have liked to have seen him with Casemiro to see how that how that um, how that result would have gone. But fair play to Arsenal. Played well. One thing that we have to talk about, Tank, is I, my, my son, look, he's a Liverpool fan, but he, he likes watching Marcus Rashford because I think he's a bloody great player. We spoke about this at, at length. I think Rashford on form, fit and firing, and Jimmy smirking because he knows what's coming. <laughs> Marcus Rashford fit and firing, I, I think is unplayable. We've, yes. we've said this b- before, Tank. I think, one, because he's tormented Liverpool for years in that left inside channel. Um, but his pace, his directness, his ability to beat a man. You saw it, you know, in perfect, uh, in all its glory yesterday against Arsenal, where United always have an out ball. If you could get him isolated 1v1, even 2v1, to be honest, you'd, you'd still fancy him. Uh, little flick through, I don't know who it was, legs. Um, I think it might have been Partey. Partey. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's driving at United and he can, he can, really, he can really strike a ball. You know, he's one of them where... You know, when you hit a ball and the ball doesn't move in the air, he yeah. hits it really true and, and, and sweet. Manchester United are benefiting from a player right at the peak of his powers at the moment, Tank. I think he's world-class. I've always loved him. He's, I've always said on this podcast previous for the past couple of years, one player you take at Liverpool at the drop of a hat is Mark, Marcus Rashford. When he's in that type of form, he's unstoppable. And when he'd done that little trick and he was just about to strike it, you, it, you know where to go. Because he strikes the ball as clean as anyone I've ever seen. Um, I think that was 10 goals in his last 10 Premier League games. Um, you take him out that Man United side and they're, they're mid-table with Liverpool, unfortunately. But you take him out that side, they, they've they've got nothing, I don't think. I really don't think they've got anything attack-wise. He's that See, good. But we were talking about that, Jamie. He's out of contract, didn't he, soon? Hmm. So this is what we were saying about Ten Hag, and this is where I don't think, see how Manchester United can do this Ronaldo tax because he's on three hundred and fifty grand a week. He's on the peak of his power now. Now's the time you have to start talking contract with him. So what are they going to do? They're talking about the two hundred grand a week cap. You are possibly one of the best players in Europe, Marcus. You scored unbelievable goals. We can't. It's one hundred and fifty grand wage cut. Yeah, it's one hundred and fifty bagged wage cut. Thank you very much. Sign there. No chance. No chance whatsoever. Do you think, and I'll stay with you on this one, Tank, and then I'll come to Jim, because Jim wasn't always as complimentary about Marcus Rashford, so it'll be interesting to see his take. Do you think... He was shut. Yeah, there's 20p in the swear jar. Do you put it down to Ten Hag, Rashford's resurgence? Or do you just think that this is a player back in form, confident, doing what he loves. How much credit do you give to Ten Hag? Because it's been some turnaround because, you know, there was there was rumblings that maybe his time at Manchester United was done. He was he was not in a good place. He wasn't delivering United fans. I don't want to say we're turning on his back, but they were, they were questioning him. But now it's hard to look at this Manchester United side and see it without Rashford as the as the focal point. I think I think he's that much in my opinion, he's that much of a quality player. He was always going to come back to form at some stage. But I do think you've got to give this manager, you know, the credit for it as well, because he he's kind of like he's he's playing aside to Rashford's strengths, I think. Like everything what Man United do, I mean look, the the dreadful to watch. They are really poor to watch, but everything's set up to to hit teams on the counter attack through Rashford. I, mean, I said it yesterday and I felt bad saying it. I don't want this to sound like a disgruntled Liverpool fan when I say this because Liverpool are poor. So I'm not saying this just because it's Man United. But And we've said it with Ten Hag is you've got to stop the league, right? Yeah. You stop the league. United are tough to beat. They're on a good run. Um, but it kind of feels like, and I'll get abused for this, they're a little bit stoky with the Rashford is, is the way that I kind of see it in my head is they're very, very, they're compact, solid, can hit teams on the break. They, they, you know, Rashford in the channel, get him isolated, and then it, then he's away. But it it works for them. Well, that's it. You know, as I say, they, they they've been on the the downward spiral for many years now, and he has come in and he's, he's had to do what he's had to do. They're not great to watch. I'm sure any Man United fan who's a season ticket holder would say, "Look, we're not great to watch, but at least we're winning games, and at least we're you know in the top of the top of the league again." So you you take that, you yeah. but they won't take that long term because I mean. 
as you say, I'm a, he was a Liverpool fan and I played against the great Man United sides. And not only did he win games, they were unbelievable to watch. They were like a phenomenal team to watch. You know, they were like the fucking Red Arrows going everywhere. You couldn't stop them. This is a really boring, horrible, ugly Man United side to watch with a fantastic player in form hit you on the counter-attack. What you, have you changed your opinion on Rashford, Jim? I think I think he's fulfilling his potential. So my frustration. You've had a while to prepare your response for this. <clears> as no, well, I know. Uh, look, I'm I'm pleased for Marcus Rashford. I'm I'm glad. But to say that he's world class is far from the mark. Um, yet he, he's he's hit a purple patch. Fine, you know he's doing really well. I I get that. I'm 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 pleased for him. But you know he's not done it consistently on a consistent basis so you know i let's look at marcus rashford has played 226 games in the premier league right scored 68 goals at a team like man united yeah now that to me that's 0.3 no point oh, he's been doing research this for his workout 0.3 goals what's a, what's a, uh, remind us what a percentage is again jim you did that well last week <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I nearly swore then. You but that's did. 0. 0.3 goals per game, right? Our mate, <laughs> our <laughs> mate Richarlison, oh, who everyone says he's awful, doesn't score enough goals, right? He scored, he's played 188 games and scored 48 goals at a goals per match of 0. 0.26, right? 0. 0.26, it's 0. 0.04 less than Marcus Rashford world class. But Richarlison's rubbish, doesn't score enough goals. He's played 40 games less, right? Now, if you take that 0.26 times it by 10, he gets another 10 goals in them 40 games more that Marcus Rashford's played. He's turned into a match podcast. Wait, so he's only, on he's only eight goals behind, in theory, behind Marcus Carol Vorderman here. But Richarlison <laughs> is awful. Sorry, Marcus Rashford is the next coming of, of Pele. Now I get. No, see, you're wrong there. The next coming of Pele, you said, was Anthony. Anthony, yeah. yeah. Better than Ronaldo as well, I said, apparently, yeah. So (laughs) big chances created. Richarlison, 33. Why are you still going on about Richarlison? No one's mentioned Richarlison. The point is is that you two hate Richarlison, right? Don't hate him. He's got no goals this season. 50 million pound You're saying awful player. Yet Marcus Rashford on the flip side is amazing. You'd have him at Liverpool, yet he's got 0.04 extra goals. I'm not saying... My point is Richarlison is a good player. Marcus Rashford is playing well now. But up until this point, this is the only... The second season in 10 that he scored more than 10 goals. Playing for Man United, the world's biggest club. You are. He's been in decline for t- a decade. No, I'm not saying he's, he's in decline. I'm saying it's taken him 10 years to finally fulfil his potential. And I do, come on to the as an England fan, I hope he pushes on and carries on doing that. I really do. Four seasons under a manager who didn't play to his strengths. Richarlison, you don't what? even speak And Richarlison's played for Watford, Everton, and now he's finally gone to a big club. So how is the comparison? To him with- that big club? He's been injured. He hasn't been injured. Can't he get a fucking injured. kick. Jimbo, he's been he injured. Had... He was fighting like fucking with the Arsenal keeper that Saturday. Yeah, because he came on a sub. What do you exactly, want him to do? Come on, score Hattie. He can't even get in the side. He can't get in Come the world. Come on, score Hattie. He's not Harland, lad. He's not, G- not a beast. You, you knew this question was coming and your your preparation was to talk about Richarlison and turn into Carol Vorderman dropping percentages. My point is valid. My point is very, very valid that you two dis Richarlison. You say he's awful, rubbish. Yet Marcus Rashford is world-class. You literally just said Marcus Rashford is world-class, which, as of the last 10 games, agree with. The previous 240-odd don't agree with. Fuck off, mate. He's ripped Liverpool to pieces <laughs> so many times. It's untrue. I fucking hated them when he plays against us. I'm like, fuck me. Nightmare. As I said in the tweet, Michu probably ripped Liverpool to pieces, but you wouldn't have him in your squad either, would you? Are I'd you rather saying... have Michu than Richarlison. Are you saying... <laughs> you? And that's my point. And that is my point. Agenda-driven, you two. Richarlison poo. Um... <laughs> talking about talking about agendas, I tell you what I'm glad isn't on my agenda again for a while. Watching Liverpool versus Chelsea, Jesus Christ, that game that was, was oh my god! Like it's mad going into the game thinking you know this is a mid-table clash. It actually turned out to be exactly that. 
it's like, look, it's easy for me to say here with me bloody, you know, on my soapbox talking about standards of football, but it was, that was a bad game to watch. It was genuinely, like I had family over and we were watching it. I was like, I could probably do better things with my time here. Like this is, this is not a good game on TV. It was very drab. No, do you know when Stoke and Burnley were like mid-table, <laughs> decent Premier League sides? That was that. Yeah. That was that bad. I mean, I I can't believe how bad. And do you know what, though? And I said this to using the WhatsApp group. You could see signs of Chelsea. You could see. You know, they're bringing on players with the sign. And like, I thought the new sign had come on and I was like, shit. You, you know, centre-half did well as well. I thought Centre-half looked, looked really, really good. And you could see signs and they've got lots of injuries, a lot more than what we've got. And as a Chelsea fan coming out of that game, I'm going, fuck me, we were crap. But then I'm thinking, but we've got him to come back. You know, they've got James back training, Chilwell back training, Kante back training. They've got big players to come back in who were fit. They've got new signings coming back in who they're going to, um, you know, bed in. From a Liverpool point of view, Jamie, I honestly, mate, and I've called this from the be- very early on in the season, we're a mid-table mediocre side. We really are. People are talking about, I mean, Gakpo, don't like to judge too much, but I'm waiting to see something. Jimmy just said then about the standard of the league, the Dutch league. I'm waiting to see something where you think, yeah, he's all right, Tim. He just looks like a big, long, useless football player at the minute. I don't want to judge him too soon. And the more worrying, and I've seen the stat today, is the decline in Mo Salah is frightening. It's frightening. He's not had a he shot. Hasn't had a shot. Yeah, hasn't had a shot in three, three or four games. games. Yeah. 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 And it's just, I mean, I've got to be honest you mean with you. mean a shot on target. He had a shot and he went miles over the bar. Do you yeah, mean a shot it's not hit target? the target. Yeah, not hit. The I think target. I put in our WhatsApp group tonight. We don't beat this Chelsea side, then we need to wrap football. I've seen Chelsea's midfield with the young academy kid, Jorginho, and Conor Gallagher was like, they're not going to get near Liverpool. Liverpool's midfield three were embarrassing. They couldn't get near them. They just couldn't get near them. They were popping off them. I think Liverpool's got massive problems. And I think a Jew Bellingham, and even even if they got Jew Bellingham and the kid from Benfica, I don't think that solves our problems. I think it's that deep-rooted at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. I, I'm looking at it and looking at that game. And same as you, Tank. You know, I don't want to be that reactive Arsenal fan TV. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? All that nonsense. The Gakpo thing What's is funny for on? me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just about to do it now. I'm literally, <laughs> literally do it. I don't want to be one of them people, but, uh, yeah. you know, I don't mean it's like that sentence in it. Oh, I don't want to be rude before they tell you you're a prick. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's always the way. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Gakpo thing is weird because if you think of what Liverpool players or Klopp players are, he doesn't, he's not quick. doesn't seem to press particularly well. Uh like he doesn't have a, he doesn't seem to have a skill. He seems like a bit of a, a target man. Now I know that he likes to play from the left, and he's not been playing from the left. But I don't know why we've then signed him to not play him from the left. Why he bring? Like I feel sorry for the lad in a way because he's playing in a struggling side in a position that isn't his favoured position. Playing from the left, if you're going to play him, I just I'm looking at Liverpool's midfield and. It tells you the sign of the times when, you know, the Bacete to the lad in centre mid, he deserved his start. But is this where Liverpool have now got to in that they're having to, to do this? You know, they're having to start young players. Fabino obviously isn't isn't getting selected at the moment. Henderson came on towards the end of the game. It's an area that we know you know deserves recruitment, needs recruitment. But Liverpool have lost all their identity. There is no identity there. And they seem the type of side now, Jim, where if anything goes wrong, one small thing goes wrong, you, you, you just know that there's a bit of a soft underbelly there. So when if I'm, a, if I'm a club owner or I'm the manager, I'm thinking, what's one way to get a bit of excitement into the side? It's a new signing. But it doesn't look like they're going to do that. And then it, no. what does it say to you about Gakpo? That he should have, in theory, whilst we said we, we needed a midfielder more, he hasn't exactly lit the world alight. That lad came on for Chelsea, and in three touches, you went, "Oh, hello!" Oh, Whereas here we go, I yeah. haven't, I have not done that once with Gakpo since he's came in. Even with Nunes, when people were talking shite about him, you still, you were like, yeah. "God, this mad, this lad's mad." I've got to watch him. He got you off the edge of your seat, and you could see there was something in there. But at the moment, it doesn't doesn't look good for the lad. 
No. Um, and I said, didn't I, a couple of podcasts ago, if I, I, I don't know why you signed that Gakpo. And I don't think he was a Liverpool player. I still don't think he's a Liverpool player. It'd be interesting to see if he comes from the left with Nunez down the right. But I don't think he's got the cap- the skill needed within the Premier League. That Mudrick's got everything that is needed for the Premier League to succeed. Strength and power, speed, skill, and a bit of nous, right? That's that's you know, you think of any great winger, that's what they've had. Now, Gakpo hasn't really got speed. He's not particularly got great feet, so he's not, you know, he's not got he had that turn and shot, didn't he? And he kind of scuffed it where he could have, you know, could have caught it better in the second half. Um, so I I, I feel sorry for Lan. I think he's been thrown in the deep end by Van Dyke, like Agent Van Dyke, because he's probably seen him for Holland. They play, I mean, they, you know, they play in a certain way. He's Van Van Hall for for starters. There's a reason why Veghorst looks so good in the bloody World Cup <laughs> is because they play to to his strength. No one does that in the Premier League unless you sign him for. Um, you know, one of the lower clubs at Bournemouth or someone who still does long throws and that sort of stuff. So I think he's been thrown in the deep. I don't think he'll succeed. But going back to Tank, I don't think anyone from the Dutch League succeeded. Van der Beek, Davy Klassen, Anthony. Martinez has done up decent, to be Suarez, fair. Yeah. Suarez, Suarez. Suarez. All right, Suarez. But it, that's saying that, that South he, American bite. He literally, he's literally got that South American bite where he will just eat. But again, he gets stuck in. So, yeah, that it's a tough time for Liverpool. And feel sorry for me, mate. You, I watched the Liverpool-Chelsea game and I had to watch bloody Everton-West Ham after that. I was ready to bloody blow me brains out <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we if, so we got a question in from uh, Staves he wanted to know halfway through the season who are our predictions for the bottom three to go down and I'll add on to that you know, you're looking at the, the top of the table now who are you who are your top four who, who do you think who's your money on so Tank who do you think's getting relegated Southampton Bournemouth Everton you any different Jim uh, I'm Southampton, Everton, and throw one out there, Leicester. Ooh. I, to yeah. be honest, looking at the table there, I think the team's just above the drop. So I think Wolves will be okay. Um, I, I think West Ham will be fine. By the way, shout out to Forest Tank. They've got themselves into a good little position. And, you know, again, uh, another game unbeaten at the weekend there, finding yeah. ways to get results. They're just, yep. they're keeping going. They've got themselves away from the pack at the moment. You must be delighted. I'm just looking at them. They're on 21 points. It's the 13th in the league. And... Unbeaten in four, is it now? Yeah. No, yep. it's six, is yeah, it? Unbe- no, well, in the no, league there, four. I can see oh, the last yeah, five. Yeah. yeah, unbeaten in four. Two draws, two wins. But I just, I just look at them and you kind of like, what what we said was needed was he needed time to gel all the signings in together, but it just looks like a totally different side. I mean, we said well, last week in the podcast, nobody's going to go to the city ground to get an easy game. It doesn't matter who you are, if you're Man City, or it doesn't matter. Once that crowd is that the way they are and get behind the players, and he, now he's got this, his set side, I think the signing of Chris Wood is a very, very good signing because the way Forrest play, they play with the big target, man, and they've got the two boys wide, Brennan Johnson and Gibbs White, running beyond them. And it's just, it's working a treat. And I, my prediction of Forrest finishing, what was it? Was it you said top, top 10, 10, didn't you? Yeah, top I think, 10. I think, I think, they'd be, I think they'll make it. I genuinely think they'll be okay. I think they get top 10. Um, I don't think they get top 10. Eight points behind Chelsea, mate. They're not getting top 10, but they'll stay up. They've done well to stay up. They're not getting top 10. Jim, if you were to look at the top four, because you'd have to say now, obviously, Arsenal, City, home and hosed. Uh, Newcastle and United on 39 points. Spurs in fifth on 33. And then it's mad to look at the league table. Like, what an unbelievable job these three clubs are doing at the moment. Brighton, Fulham and Brentford. Not enough has been made. Silver's not getting enough. I was just going to say, they don't get credit. They do not get credit that they deserve. Well, 
Well, don't forget he stunk the place out at Everton. He, you know, he's gone to a few clubs, Marcus. He was hounded out at Everton as well. He was well, he was as well. Okay, fair enough. But he, he, I don't think it was great. I think they, had um, a, they finished quite high in the league under him, though, Jimmy, didn't he? Yeah, they weren't that bad. Yeah. But they got he, he got sacked at Watford as well, didn't he? But uh, you know, fair play to him, mate. That's that's some going. You know, they they've won four out of five in the last games, according to to this. So you know, they can't. You can't. <laughs> what more can you ask for as a chairman on a on a small budget? You know, small crowds. That's going to do them the world of good. So who's your top four? I think it stays as it is, mate. I think it stays as it is. Um, I really hope Newcastle get in the top four. I'd like to see where they go um, with that in the Champions League. And I'm still, I still think whoever wins out of City, um, Newcastle next game will win the league. City Arsenal. City Arsenal, yeah, sorry. Tank, top four for you? Arsenal, City, Man United, Spurs. What do you think they're going to sneak it? I think Spurs, yeah. Spurs can't be this bad for this long. And the thing about them... was think about Liverpool all year. <laughs> no, but listen, they, I, I do. I think Spurs, Spurs will kick in soon. The My concern with Newcastle, and I was quite... I'm not saying Chris Wood is a goal scorer by any, any stretch of the imagination. My concern with Newcastle, if they don't sign a goal scorer in this window, I think that could cost them top four. They drew the, three the of the last five the games not scoring. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But Callum Wilson, look, I love Callum Wilson, but he's not a 20-goal-a-season striker. And he does get injured quite a lot. And then, who've they got? Uh, Almiron has not scored. He's gone on an unbelievable run. He's not scored in his last four. And I kind of look at it after that. and like, where are the goals going to come from? I just don't see how they're going to get enough goals to secure top four. They're going to draw too many Isaac's games. back, though, isn't he? Who? Isaac. But, Jimmy, you look at his career, he's never been prolific, has he? He's not an out-and-out goal scorer. And it's kind of... It's, it's a big ask for that kid to come in and get you the goals to get top four. I think that Newcastle needs to grow a set of bollocks and go out and just drop a hundred mil on. Like, I, don't, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't name names, but they have to get a goal scorer for me to... Um, no, they don't need us. They don't need a centre half like you block shots and all that. They're, they're, they're solid. They have only conceded one goal since October. The fuckers, mate. They're unbelievable, and they've got three easy games coming up in uh, West Ham, Bournemouth, Liverpool. No bad. I was just going to say, am I um, am I completely and utterly deluded to think that Liverpool might sneak in there? Yeah. No, we've got Jamie. You've got no chance. You've got to look at the league table. Eh? Liverpool are ten points behind Man United now. So Man United's got to lose four games on the spin and Liverpool's got to win them four. United's lost five all season. Yeah. Liverpool are done. Liverpool 18 have games to done. go, though. I didn't realise there's that many games to go. That's a lot of games, that. This is why, like, you see Arsenal, they've been brilliant and whatever. They're they not getting a bit giddy too soon because, like, there's a lot of football still to be played. And this is where I still have this thing in the back of my voice where, you know, Liverpool get a few of their attacking players back. It looks like Jota's going to be back for Real Madrid. That'll make a hell of a difference. You have someone that will actually score. Nunes is back fit now. I don't think Luis Diaz is going to be back um, in, in any great shakes. I don't think, I don't think he will. But, you know, I just feel... Look, Liverpool aren't going to sign someone, so the same problems are going to going to persist. Um, but I just feel like if they could just put a run together and just make football fun again, I just anyway, I'm probably being I'm probably being far too uh, optimistic there because they've shown no signs really of being able to string uh, any type of consistent runs together, which is absolutely breaking my heart. Uh, lads, what's the plan for the rest of the week? You got much on? No, uh, go on, Jimmy. Fucking Ralph Seal threw up in bed all this morning in our bed. The kids projectile vomiting, so he's... Sorry, lads, breaking news. Frank Lampard's officially sacked. Is he oh. sacked? Officially being sacked. Just being be announced. Inter- be interesting to see how, about how quickly that, you know. they, they... It'd be quick, interesting to see how quickly they move with uh, with a new manager. They'd have to have someone lined up, surely. How does that work, Tank? Have you been around the club or, you know what I mean, if, or even as a player, you know what I mean? Like... When do these type of tapping up things start to happen? Because they must have people lined up. Well, they had a, they had a board meeting on Sunday, didn't they? Everton, like an emergency board meeting. So obviously there was, you know, they'll have their own agents of people around saying, we're doing this, get names in, 
you know, get named and who's interested in their job. The problem for me, mate, is as we said, just spoke about before, there's, I'd be surprised if someone's going to jump in and take that. Look, it's a great club. It's a big club. It's got great history. It's going to a new stadium. That aside, it's fucking poisonous. Thinking out loud, though, mate, like, Sean Dice has seemingly been passed up for all the, whether he's gone for them or not, but he's not had a job since he left Burnley. And that was a good, when was that? 18 he's not months tried. ago? He's, he's, not, he's not applied for the job. He's not applied Surely for the job. Surely someone's come knocking on his door. Like, you know what? You don't remember when he was on? Was it? I don't know if it was with uh, Saturday or something. Was it Talksport? He basically yeah. come in and flashed his knickers. He basically said, "I'm ready. I'm ready for the job." Yeah. And he was talking specifically about the Everton job now. So yeah. this is my point. So I think he's going right because if I'm Everton, I said to, I said this to to my father-in-law on uh, on Saturday that I'd say get someone in on six months contracts or whatever with a possibility of another 12 months. But if you keep us up, I'll give you a million quid. Because that's what West Ham did with David Moyes when he first came back. They said, we'll keep keep us in, we'll get you a six months contract, keep us up, we'll give you a million quid and an extra 18 months after that. That's what I'd be doing, even if he'd go right. Because he's, he. I don't think, whether he's been there or not, I think he's been looked over for a few jobs. So I think I think he goes for it and I think he gets it. Because one, he knows it's a free hit, like Lampard. He knows it's not going to do him. Everyone's already saying they're down. So, you know, what? he's going to go in with a chance to earn some big money. They go into a new stadium in 2024. If he can get that, if he can get that club turned around like he did Burnley, then I think he's onto a, a, a hiding. He's, he's onto a, uh, he's onto a winner. Sorry. Last thing to finish on, lads. Um, I want. Two predictions, two to three predictions from you both as to what happens on our night out in Dublin. I've sent you that video, which we can't really mention with Jimmy <laughs> oh, with two doors. No. Well, I was just about to say it. Someone is having something put somewhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, I well, took uh, you two in uh, the night time. Happily, mate. Took me in, lad. Get me tucked in. Yeah, if Jimmy stays off the show, because Jimmy has a habit of like starting aggressively. I feel if Jimmy just paces himself a little bit. Well, I've told, look, I've outlined my plans for this, lads, and I think what if we do what I outline, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a home run. We we knock it out of the park, and I think everyone will want to see that. Oh yeah, the, the, for those listening, Jimmy's idea is that we film. No, 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 surprise, lads. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, no, oh, it was nearly an exclusive. Nick, is you worse than that mudge, you? Yeah, but you know, you've got to get people excited. Do you know what I mean? Mate, they're um, excited. Of course, we're excited. What? Me and, Ta- me and Tank will be fighting in the airport before we even left Liverpool, <laughs> lad. <laughs> what did not do? He'll have, I'll have him in the headlock. He'll have me in the headlock with like Rashford, Richardson. Yeah, so yeah, I'm waiting for me painting. You two decided not to come and stormed off. Both went yeah, home. Fucking literally. <laughs> Uh, right, lads, pleasure as always. I'm going to go and edit this. I'm off today, so I might spend a little bit of time editing this. I actually remember when I tried a couple of weekends ago, episodes ago, I put in a couple of sound effects and, uh, and they went down like a lead balloon. So, I might <laughs> yeah, come on, man. what the fuck's that whistle? What's that whistle all about? So, yeah, I might see what else I can throw in because I've got a bit of time. Uh, lads, pleasure as always. Look after yourselves and everybody. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Um, Retweets that we need retweets. Yeah, we retweets. We need, we need all that. Retweets, not likes, retweets. Get Re- us out retweets there. is one. Um, the other one that I noticed there the other day. So we are roughly 50 subscribers off uh what we need to get to for the old live shows on YouTube. So um please subscribe if you haven't already. I know we say this each week, but if you could, it actually would help us. Another one, if you could do it, is leave us a review where you get your podcasts. So, for example, if you listen on Apple, just leave us a, a, a rating. So five stars, one. Well, actually, don't do one stars. Don't be, don't be like that. I was gonna say, give us five stars. Yeah, just like. give us five stars. <laughs> if you're listening um, now, you don't have to be asked. Yeah, just give us five stars and tell us that it's great or something. Basically, for anyone that doesn't know anything like that will help the podcast get spread and noticed by people that don't follow us. So if, you know, somebody likes football, they sign into YouTube and loads of people have been commenting, liking or subscribing, just shows our content to new people. So uh, quick favor from us, keep your feedback coming because we love those who love having the crack and, and hearing that people are enjoying it. I think we did better on the swearing front this week, did we? Yeah. At least yeah, we were aware of it. It wasn't horrendous. It was not bad, though. Yeah. I don't know. 
No, I, I think Tank. My favourite part was Tank saying, "Yeah, okay, lads, yeah, I won't swear." And then in the next sentence, three, like, three F words. Three. Like, <laughs> I've got to be um, <laughs> so yeah, if you could subscribe on YouTube or leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts, or just send it to a mate, send it to a mate and tell them to to give it a listen. But um, yeah. Most importantly, have a great week. We really do appreciate all the support. So keep it coming. Enjoy your week. Look after yourselves. And we'll be back with you next week on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Cheers, lads. Cheers, lads.